It's called the green passport. We're not told to wear it, but what they have done is they have essentially overnight created a second class citizenry, a, a, a true medical apartheid that is uh, disallowing healthy law abiding tax paying citizens from entering their places of culture um, if they do not participate in this experiment. It's that it's that simple. You literally, we've been told there are people who have been kicked out of their choirs, out of their pools, out of their gyms. I don't know who's gonna hear the message we're saying. I don't know what is gonna become of it. I know that there is no other option than to give every fiber of energy and strength into battling this because because there is no other option. There is, there is everything to lose and everything to gain. There's, and, and um, I think it's actually never been simpler in some ways. And I, I believe that, that it's, um, I believe quite simply that we are privileged to have this truth. It, there is truth that I think is a common denominator against all all these different people, different countries, different languages, and we all are seeing and speaking a very clear truth. And I think that that truth is an absolute gift, but it's it's an obligation. And it wasn't given to us to just sit at home and with this apathy and hope for the best. We've got to all come together because really this is how we win these making these connections between us country country after country that is that is the only thing that these governments feel fear they have the most they have the wealth of empires behind them but but when the people realize that we are the many and they are the small they have nothing they have nothing and i can never give up on on that hope that we're going to we're going to build this force and and uh, and take our lives back because I've said before, I feel like the ball is in the air. You know, it's like this volleyball and it's a matter of who, who hits it. We're not going back. There is no going back. There's going forward and we, we have a tremendous opportunity. And we have a tremendous opportunity to come together as humans. Without, without the questions of religion, they are pushing us so far that they are making this complete reset. We get to actually be just humans in, a, in, in such a beautiful way as painful as these divisions that they've made, we actually can come together in a way that's, that's how it's meant to be. Um, that's my opinion. This is the Collective Resistance Podcast with your hosts, Leo and Fabiola. We will be discussing why we find ourselves resisting the narratives of the common collective as well as why the common collective resists new information. The future of my children. Listen to what happened yesterday. You probably missed this because it was while we were on conference. China is petitioning the World Health Organization to appoint it to run a global immune passport program. Now, if that doesn't scare the living daylights out of you, I do not know what will. That this kind of centralization, this kind of control, social credit systems, that's dystopia for you.
we need to push back against this stuff because it's coming. It's coming. The, the UK government has been denying that they were planning to implement social credit, vaccine passports, this kind of thing, at the same time that they've been commissioning tenders. Yeah? All right, so we had a couple clips there that uh, played at the beginning. And the first one was Lana Rachel Daniel. She's a health advisor and politician in Israel. That was on uh, a program called blackbox.tv. And uh, she was doing an interview there. I had actually caught a uh, audio file that was going viral several weeks back that she had uh, uh, posted where she was really making an emotional plea because of the things that were being pushed down on the people of Israel. And uh, it was really even hard to listen to. Um, not going to play that clip here, but uh, you know, she, I think, outlines pretty well the opportunity we have here to come together against this topic of vaccine passports. And uh, then that follow-up um, clip there with a gentleman by the name of Nick Hudson, and he's the chairman of a data company called Panda. And uh, he was speaking at the Biz News Investment Conference in South Africa. And uh, he was speaking about how he was really quite afraid for his children and the future that they would inherit when you have a, um, you know, a state like or a country like uh, China, who is, we already know uh, from what's happening with the World Health Organization that uh, China's been spending a lot of money on getting individuals placed in positions of power there. And uh, we know that it's been kind of a dog and pony show as far as getting any real investigation into what happened in Wuhan um, because of the, uh, the World Health Organization really being in cahoots with China in many ways. And uh, it's really scary to think that they could potentially, you know, it's, it, we may be far off from that, but I mean, if they're positioning themselves to be the global management um, organization for this vaccine passport system, as far as how it would interoperate from country to country and all of that. Again, don't know the specifics yet. We're, we're not that far down the line. But um, I mean, this is a country that imprisons and tortures Uyghur Muslims. I mean, we've seen the videos of the Uyghur Muslims lined up uh, literally like the Jews were lined up to go off to concentration camps. And they tried to deprogram these people out of their religion because they don't like it. And, you know, some people, they've done terrible things to these people. I mean, I'm not going to go into it. It's, it's disgusting. If you don't know about what's happening with the Uyghur Muslims in China, then I would uh, really suggest you do a little bit. I mean, it's, it's essentially the, the hallmarks of a potential genocide, and that's happening right now um, as we speak. It's not... Uh, um, I, don't know. I, I mean, as you can tell, I'm a little bit out of sorts just talking about this stuff. It, it's been kind of a, uh, a wild Easter weekend, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. And, you know, I mean, what do you think? I, I know I didn't even, uh, I know you had heard the Lana clip, but uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't tell you I was playing that, that uh, Nick Hudson clip. I mean, I, so you probably didn't even necessarily know about the China thing. What, 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 what jumps in your mind when you hear that? 
First off, I could barely understand what he was saying oh, with that okay. accent. <laughs> I was listening though, um, and I've had this weird fascination for years and years and years to understand how the Holocaust happened. I mean, what happened there? You know, and that was on uh, religious premises, right? And I'm like, how in the world people allow for that to happen? And then here we are, almost like reliving what happened then. Well, and, and it's it's really, it's also just so strange because you can't even... With most people, obviously, with a lot of the people you and I run around with, we can have these conversations. But with most people, you can't even bring up, you know, the Holocaust or anything because people are like, okay, nobody's putting anyone in uh, concentration camps and putting them in uh, uh, giant ovens and killing them, you know. They just want you to get your shot, okay? That's all they want you to do, you know. This is this is apples and oranges. I mean, what, what do you say to people who who would say something like that? Well, there was experimentation. So back then, you know, they were not as smart as they are now. So now they're using fear in a invisible enemy to basically get you to experiment on yourself willingly. I mean, we talked about the science exhaustly, you know, and... How this whole thing, I mean, is just, it, it's, uh, it's like the unicorn. Well, well and, and it's, it's moving pretty rapidly. It's moving really rapidly. And, and you talk to people and people say, well, that's not going to, we're just trying to plan a vacation, yeah. <laughs> a family vacation. And we're trying to discuss as a family. And people are like, no, you know, if these passports are going to come out, it's not going to be. You know, it's not going to be anytime soon. And here we have, you know, New York already. Yeah, the Excelsior Pass. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, that's really already in play. And uh, you're seeing other states discussing it. Uh, Great Britain, uh, you know, they're they're uh, supposed to have one coming out soon. And uh, uh, but before I actually, I'll mention that a little bit later. But since you said you couldn't hear that Nick Hudson gentleman, let me just kind of read to you what he was talking about specifically. There, he says, uh, or or the the article that that uh, clip uh, stems from says the chairman of a data firm Panda claims that China has asked the World Health Organization to appoint Beijing to oversee a global vaccine passport system which is an ominous prospect given how China's social credit score system operates. During an interview at the inaugural BizNews Investment Conference, Nick Hudson explained why this was such a chilling development, saying he was worried about the fabric of society and the future of his children. China is petitioning the World Health Organization to appoint it to run a global immune passport program. Now, if that doesn't scare the living daylights out of you, I do not know what will said Hudson. So that's essentially what he was getting at. And uh, uh, again, TBD on whether that's true, but I think we all need to be getting it in our headspace, right? Mm-hmm. And you were saying, yeah, people say, oh, it's one shot or two shots. But then what? Yeah. It's, first of all, it's 
shots that are experimental. As we have said before, don't prevent infection or transmission according to uh, germ theory, <laughs> right? It's one shot uh, that was developed really quickly. I remember talking to a doctor um, less than a year ago and saying, okay, I mean, we're a little concerned about this. We already have children with vaccine injury and know that, you know, genetic profiles not uh, really compatible with that kind of um, treatment. And now we have experimental drugs, you know, experimental drugs <laughs> being shoved down our throat. Uh, our government's spending billions of dollars on propaganda and spinning the data, basically, and people just just eating it up. Okay, so yeah, it's one shot, it's two shots, three shots, like masks, is one mask, two masks. Uh, and pretty soon, what else is it going to be? You know? Well, and, and uh, something that's really important as far as the theme that runs through this, and I know it's left uh, out of most discussions, and it's pretty much oblivious from the public's perspective, is, you know, we talk about, uh, is something actually going to work? Okay. And, and, you know, we've obviously talked about the topic of masks and, and, you know, the big challenge that we have with masks is that they don't work. So it's not a matter of, oh, okay, this is something easy to do. Okay. There is a cost to a mask. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, there are people that have a real challenge with it from a breathing perspective. You know, we, we, we've already seen the videos where, you know, the carbon dioxide, uh, uh, numbers are off the charts. You know, these are, these are situations where OSHA would never allow uh, an employee to wear a mask like that for extended periods of time because of the carbon dioxide content. They would never allow that. We've seen actual OSHA, um, consultants just, you know, talk about mm -hmm. how that would never be allowed. Yet here we are pushing these on children and, uh, people with, um, uh, disabilities and whatnot. And, and, and I think the CDC had a study, it was either the CDC or who said that the, essentially the effectiveness of mass in reducing spread is somewhere around one to 2%. Yeah, but that wasn't even a randomized study. It okay. was observational only. So you didn't even look, okay, did these people, were they exposed? Were they not exposed? You know? But I mean, think about that. One to two percent, and we're forcing people to with wear no these control. everywhere. With no, no control. control either. And no, you know, mass group versus non-mass group. And two percent, I mean... Well, and, and so there is a greater discussion that needs to be had around the the costs of the mask, right? In in not seeing people's faces and not connecting in the, the way that the psychological, cost, it, the environmental, the environmental cost. costs exactly these these plastic masks, and then the the potential health hazards, right, from mm -hmm. these toxic masks that mm -hmm. China produces. We're inhaling these toxic fibers and things like that. So th there's all this going on. And potentially for one to two percent benefit, mm -hmm. and then you still have people out there who are saying, "Look, if there's any benefit whatsoever, we should be doing it." And it's like, just think about how insane that is. Because if we applied that to every uh, 
facet of our life, you know, that if we only did this thing or that thing, you know, to, to save even the slightest uh, uh, potential risk of, of being in like a car accident or, or, I mean, we would be, we would be forcing people to eat specific foods. We would be, um, Carb- tell them to take their vitamins. We, yeah, I mean, we, we we would tell people just stay home all the time because of you know car instead of accidents. Offering them, yeah, instead of offering people donuts. <laughs> I mean, it's just nuts. So I mean, we really need to have an honest conversation around the 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 psychological cost of masks. Uh, and 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 this is not a discussion about masks. I'm really talking about the vaccine passports. But the point I'm trying to make is is if you go to this study that either this it's the CDC. Or the who I was trying to find it here. It, it was, was in CDC, it was the CDC, I believe, and I, well, I'll have a link for it in the show notes. But but one to two percent. Uh, so so I mean, really, honestly, if if that is the case, and and uh, you believe the CDC, you're somebody who believes the CDC, is what we're giving up worth one to two percent? Well, I mean, but thinking about one and two percent, what about the randomized studies that saw no benefit? Or the data science studies that basically saw an increase in number of cases in the more restricted um, mask mandate um, areas. Mm-hmm. Well, it, and so, so, so again, my point was not about the mask, but if we take that same logic, we look at the vaccine passports. It's a, it's a allergy season. Okay. Um, you, you do not have COVID. Okay. Um, but if we look at the vaccine passports and we say, look, uh, how are these supposed to work? Because we know that these vaccines, at least the ones that are out right now, they're not stopping infection. They're not stopping spread. They have not no proven immunity. The only efficacy that is on paper and is known immune suppression. Is, is immune suppression. It, it, it is to reduce the symptoms. For a very short amount of time. And so we're going to institute a ubiquitous tracking and approval system that is essentially going to create a two-tiered society for those who are going to play in the game of the vaccine passport and then those who are not going to play. So there's going to be literally two separate sets of societies that are going to come out of this. Um, I mean, that is to say that hopefully they're not going to uh, come and knock your door down and, and force you to take the the vaccine, but which you, you have to wonder, I mean, if you have a, uh, a significant percentage of the population that's not going to play, are they even going to let that second tier society exist? Or are they going to, through manpower, come out and and, and force that inoculation? I mean, I don't think they need to use manpower. All they can say is you can get food, you can get paid. So I mean, how how, how mortgage rates are going to go up because of the, you know, you're not really doing your part, your, your insurance, Premiums are going to go up. You know, and, and that's what um, Dr. Naomi Wolf, she did uh, several interviews this past week. Um, you know, she was advisor to President Clinton. She's a tech CEO for dailyclout.com. Um, you know, she, she's a, a well-known feminist. And uh, she came out, you know, she's a liberal Democrat. She came out and, and, and said, look, this is the cliff. This is the hill to die on. Because once this system rolls out, there's no pulling it back and it's really 
the death of liberty because you are every aspect of where you go it's tracked and a lot of people will 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 come up with these arguments they'll say hey look you know you you carry a smartphone around everywhere with you you're already have all your gps location and it's like well you can you can choose to leave your phone at home you know we we don't bring our phone everywhere you know just the other day i went and picked the kids up uh at uh you know, the daycare, uh, and, and did not have the, uh, my phone with me. And so that would mean that they didn't know I went there. Right. But if you have to use that to get in every single location, then there, there is no anonymity about your life whatsoever. And, and they can, they can tell who you're meeting with. They can tell your trends. I mean, obviously they can tell a lot of things right now, but she made the point around, you know, you are signing into terms and conditions with a lot of these websites that you use like Facebook, Twitter and stuff like that. So you have the ability to opt out out and, and not do that if you don't want to. But with this, there'll be no opting out. There'll be just your life being turned off. And I, I guess I just don't understand the, do, do, first of all, do people, that get the vaccine don't really believe in the vaccine. I, I believe a lot of people are getting it because they just want to participate in society. I had friends just tell me that we just want things to go back to normal. But I mean, I, I, I just really want people to assess the, you know, as you can tell, I mean, I'm having trouble even finding the words, you know, to that, that we know that these vaccines they're nothing like what we typically think a vaccine to be as far as how it works in developing immunity. It doesn't work like that. And we're going to create this system where, you know, like my kids and us, we won't be able to fly. We won't be able to get on public transportation. Uh, we won't uh, be able to go to movies. I mean, it's really, uh, it's, you want to talk about dystopian? I mean, that mm-hmm. that is pretty damn wild. Think and so, about you go to uh, get your tank filled up, and you gotta scan your passport to for your guests to come out because they won't want you driving around because you are not vaccinated. Well, and and you know, I just went to um, I went to Sprouts, you know, today, and uh, I walked in without a mask. Now I have a mask exemption. I have a I have a medical mask exemption. Um, you know, the reason for my mask exemption is, is no one's business, right? Because of HIPAA, uh, um, you know, data security. I don't have to share that. Privacy. That's privacy. And, and uh, I had, but I had it with me. I walked in. There was nobody there at the door. I went to the back. I just had to buy one thing. And I went to the back and one of the employees walked up and, you know, he said, uh, um, do you have a mask? I said, no, I have an exemption here. He's like, well, we need you to wear a mask. He goes, I have a mask here. You don't have to have it on your face, but you just have to have it on. And we just need you to comply. I mean, he didn't say the word comply because we just need you to have it on. Um, and I'm like, well, look, I don't, I don't have to wear it. I mean, that's silly. I have an exemption. I'm not going to just wear it down on my face. You know, I mean, the, the, the incredulity of, of that, the whole, the whole thing. And he, he was not a jerk or anything. I mean, he was a, he was a nice guy. I could tell he didn't want to be coming up to me. And I was being nice back to him. I said, well, I have my exemption. I don't have to do that. And uh, he said, well, I'll, I'll need to get a manager. I said, okay, well, that's fine. Go ahead and do that. So I went to the checkout and, you know, the, the girls at the checkout were waiting for me and they're like, we're not checking you out unless you put a mask on. I mean, it was just, it was really crazy. And, and I think the most crazy thing was, I said, well, actually, I have a medical exemption here. I held it up. No one wants to see it. 
they don't want to see the exemption. No one can I can I read it? Can I look at? It? No one wants to see it. And uh, there was a patron in the aisle next door, and and uh, she looks up at me in her mask, and she gives me a big scowl on her across her eyes, and she says, "Sure you do." Sure you do. And it's like, she doesn't know me from Adam. She doesn't know anything. I mean, for all she knows, I have been in a motorcycle accident and I lost a lung. You know what I mean? She has no idea what my story is. And she's writing the story that I'm just someone who's rabble rousing and trying to create problems and spread disease and all this. And and and, and so, you know, we have... Um, you know, we're in the special needs community, you know, um, we, we, we used to live that life and we have children that have, um, issues with, uh, um, you know, with health, right. We, that, that we battle. And so, so, you know, there are people who look like they have problems, you know, that, that, that it's very obvious that they have problems. And then there are people whose problems, you know, don't look as, as, uh, plain on the outside. They have to be, uh, uh, you, know, you have to know something about those people, but it doesn't mean that they're not fighting a, a, a battle themselves. And and so what we're saying here, at least what we're experiencing, is that you know you're either going to have to look the part, you know, you're going to have to look like a cripple or something, you know, it, for for us to let you get away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, here here I am. I'm a skinny, uh, nicely dressed guy. Sure, you have a a mask exemption sure you do yeah you know what i mean we, we don't it's like bully. everybody uh, overnight became experts they became right? experts you know and and I, th- I think with me well actually in the re- result of that exchange was uh they said that uh you know they are well aware of the american disabilities act and and that uh, they just need to make a reasonable accommodation and that accommodation is that uh you just need to call your grocery orders in and then we'll just deliver them to the sidewalk uh, to you out there and and uh, which you all know I mean I have a degree in human resource management we know that the American Disabilities Act is about um, you know that that a equal and fair access yeah to all. equal and fair access it's it's if if it's a place that I can get into uh, that other people can get into I should be able to get into you know it's, it's all about wheelchair accessibility you know bathrooms with the handlebars and things of that nature it's not about people being able to breathe yeah it's it's not about uh, uh, if we don't if you don't meet our policy then you need to stay outside and we'll just give you your, your groceries outside and so this is where things are going, right? This is with this mask, and just it's fear over freedom. Fear over freedom, and 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 so we're we're asking people to think about this critically because some people are like, it's no big deal for them. They're like, oh, okay, I get a shot. I'll I'll wear the mask. Okay, it's annoying, you know, but it's it's big deal. I'm out. I'm getting my groceries. I'm getting my hamburgers and whatever. I'm and and I'm I'm on with my life. I've got my Starbucks coffee, um, but I mean. <laughs> I mean, there there are some people that 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 can't do and that. And I mean, and no, and no criticism to people that live like that. I mean, it is it is annoying. It is a battle to have to explain yourself a health a healthy person that has the right to breathe where you go that you know you can't wear a mask and have to defend yourself. You know, that's that's just insane. It it is insane, and uh, you know. So the, I totally get it that if you um, don't want to mess with that man, you know, I totally get it. But at the same time, you know, it's that situation. How did the Holocaust became the Holocaust? Is <laughs> because of, you know there was massive propaganda 
uh, first, which is happening right now. And then people are just like, just going along, you know, just well, going well, along and living their lives. Let, let's play a clip um, to give you an idea of how the media is framing this discussion. Remember, this is uh, one of the biggest uh, morning shows on MSNBC. It's called Morning Joe with Joe Scarborough. And uh, let's uh, just let you listen in here to what uh, Joe has to say. <laughs> I'm now hearing lunatics, and I'll call them lunatics, yeah. uh, that are now, uh, of course, still pushing back on the mask. But now we're saying that if we somehow uh, have something that identifies us as having a vaccine, that we're, we're like part of Satan or the mark of the day, like yeah. the idiocy, our, our Nazi Germany, like the idiocy is just beyond us. They're acting recklessly and irresponsibly. They're being stupid. They're following conspiracy theories. They're following a failed uh, a, a game show host uh, and and or a reality TV host. And they don't understand, I guess, because maybe they're such morons they can't understand this. If I want to go to a baseball game with my son, who has a history of upper respiratory issues, I don't want a bunch of idiots sitting anywhere near us in Fenway or in a Little League baseball park that haven't taken the vaccine. Now, if they don't want to take the vaccine and they want to die, that's their right as Americans. They don't have to take the vaccine and they can die or they can get really sick. They can live in ignorance and stupidity. They have that right, even though they're hurting other people. But please, please, please don't tell me that we can't do something so smart people who actually follow science, who actually want to take care of their children, who actually want to save their neighbors' lives, who actually want to make sure everybody around them is safe, like, they, they can't tell us what to do. And the government, our sports teams, our organizations, our concert promoters, damn well better put together something where you, you can show your vaccine receipt or you can have something on a ticket stub that shows it. Like this anti-science idiocy, you know what? Let them do that under a rock or in their caves. But you know what? The, the time to try to reason with these people has long passed. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Good morning. For- All right. So, I mean. Very interesting that he keeps using the word science over and over. And all we talked about in this podcast is the science. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so just think about that. If, if you're not somebody who's dove into this, uh, but you've listened to us, I mean, do, do you think we sound like idiots do you think we uh who do you think sounds like an idiot do you think he sounds like an idiot or do you think we first of all he's trying to make it political you know he mentions trump he's talking about a game show host you know a reality tv star you know they they keep trying to turn this into a political thing okay like republicans versus democrats like democrats are the smart people that listen to science and republicans are the idiots that are saying that god will save them from everything well not that we are republicans no, no, we are neither. We are independent. We are independent-minded, okay? You know, we, we, we go where the good ideas are, okay? So we listen to the ideas, and that's where we, we, uh, we put our, uh, our efforts behind. But this is uh, insanity. So this is the messaging. And let me, let me also give you a, um, 
a little taste here. This uh, Asha Rangappa, she works at CNN, and she uh, tweets out, uh, don't want a vaccine passport? Fine. How about a tax for those who refuse to get vaccinated, proportional to the additional costs and burdens they impose on society as a result of needing to have the freedom to spread their potentially COVID variant infected aerosol everywhere? What does that sound like to you? Does that sound like the propaganda around the Jews? I mean, do you remember the propaganda they used to say about uh, the Jews and how they they spread disease and how they're they're uh, thieving animals? I mean, I remember they showed us uh, the the stuff that Hitler would train some of the the uh, the military people with, and it was disgusting. And they, I mean, they would say these crazy things. I mean, it, you heard that. I mean, this woman works for a news agency where is the the hey let's talk about this and understand where the concerns are we know this is not about understanding the concerns we know this is about we're ramming this down your throat and there is only one side and we're not going to let you hear anything on the other and that ought to be scaring the crap out of a lot of people, how they are positioning this. It's not even a, you heard him says, the time is over. Well, when, when was there ever a time that we got to speak about these things? You know, they've just been censored and, and muted. Right. It's ridiculous. There's no debate. And even the, the, the science, I was just reading an article um, about that. I mean, the scientists, the doctors, uh, people that, that come with opposing views. I mean, science is all about, good science is all about opposing views, you know, to get to a conclusion, you know, and there, there's no debate. As you just played the video, that there's no debate. So there's no, there's no like the, 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 does the vaccine do what it's supposed to do? No, it doesn't say anything about that. Does it say, is the vaccine approved? No, there's no conversation about that. It's all about, you know, fear and about calling people names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Lunatic, ad hominem, ad hominem attack. Yeah. Lunatics, idiots. He says mm-hmm. idiocy multiple times. I mean, this is, this is about fomenting hate yeah. for the people on the other side. These yeah. are, you know, it, it is really unsettling where the leadership from a uh, vocal standpoint as far as on the news where they are taking this conversation and I hope people are cognizant of this you know that that you know like I don't know how many millions of people view that show I mean I hope it's not very many but you know that stuff echoes right it it, mm-hmm. it echoes throughout and uh, um, that's that's just pretty wild and, and and what I want to come back to is you know looking at how how this would work and just because you have a vaccine you know he makes it sound like if everyone in the stadium that has a vaccine qr code on their phone is not going to potentially give his kid a respiratory infection which is complete and utter bullshit because we as i said we know that this we we know that people who've had the vaccine can get covid (laughs) we've seen that there's been many people who've gotten it 14, 15 days later, and uh, some very severe. And so... Some people even died. So we're instituting this system to give people this false sense of security, and that ties back to the mass, too. It's this false sense of you're not spreading disease. It's, 
at best, at best, it's one to two percent effective, but probably not even that. You know, so it's the same thing. We are trying to wrap our heads around why everyone just wants to do a bunch of things that are not actually providing health, but all while not talking about the things that will actually get you help. You know, like like the vitamin D deficiency in the United States ought to be uh top of the news they ought to be reiterating that on every newscast that you know 80 percent of people that die from from COVID-19 are deficient in vitamin d how what are the best ways to get vitamin d they should be uh sending vitamin d to uh people in poor neighborhoods who can't afford to buy it for themselves that is not happening instead you get sent to get a donut how does that make any sense yeah, and I mean, then I mean, we are called idiots. Yeah, we, we are the idiots. We are the idiots. And uh, it's uh, just completely so. So, another interesting note you know, like uh, Britain is uh, actually doing the passport, and they it, it really the topic blew up in the news over there. And they had a lot of politicians who were up in arms over it, going to vote against it. The prime minister he actually had to kind of pull back on it, and he's now stating that it's only going to last for a year is what he's saying, the vaccine passports, and also that pubs and restaurants will be exempt from having to uh, have scanners and do that. So, so, so again, this is what I want, I want to throw out there. We're talking about something that they're implementing, and wouldn't you think the only way that it would actually work is if they did it every single place? And here he is exempting restaurants and pubs, it kind of reminds you a little bit of, hey, you can go to a restaurant and you can not have your mask on while you're sitting, but while you're standing up, you need to have it on. I mean, the the non-science in all this, I mean, really, I'm asking, I know you all listening to this, you cannot respond, but but you you can't, you you actually can comment, Mm -hmm. you know, on the, uh, uh, the podcast, but, but I mean, are you seeing where there is no science? I want you to think really closely when you see the word science in your head, the S just needs to be a dollar sign. Okay. That's all this is. It, It is a money making scheme. The, the, the technology companies, I mean, Microsoft is one of the primary companies that's trying to build, uh, one of these large vaccine passport programs. So here you got Bill Gates funding the uh, vaccine uh, development on one end. He's, uh, uh, you know, uh, leadership at the World Health Organization. Now he's uh, uh, putting together one of the entries for the uh, um, the vaccine passports. I mean, people, wake up. Think about what uh, Lana, uh, uh, Rachel, what was her name at the beginning? We, we listened. Daniels. Yeah, Lana, Rachel, Daniel. Is it Lana or is it Ilana? I think it's Ilana. But, you know, she's like, this is, we have to come together here. This is important. I mean, but we have a great opportunity. We have a truth that's so clear in front of us. I mean, they're not even hiding it mm-hmm. anymore. <sighs> so... Okay, we're at about 40 minutes. I want to make sure. I didn't want this to be a super long episode. But, um, you know, I know we talked about just the not being able to travel, right? Not being able to see your family, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, we can't get the vaccine um, with our history. And uh, um, first of all, we wouldn't get it anyway because this is not a – a uh, the problem with this, this uh, sickness is not – at the level that would denote doing this, there's also treatments that are being suppressed like ivermectin. In fact, the WHO uh, just came out 
and uh, uh, just the other, I think it was just yesterday, and uh, they actually, let me just see this here. You might find this very interesting. I should have had this queued up. Um, see, they, they say never leave dead air on... Uh, Podcast. Yeah. Okay. Who joins Europe Merck in recommending against ivermectin for COVID-19? So you've got the World Health Organization, who is uh, biggest donor is Bill Gates, who is invested in vaccines heavily. He, he's already bragged on um, several 20 to one returns. return on his investments with vaccinations. They do very well. And the who is now coming out and stating that they are recommending against COVID-19. And, and, and something that's so frustrating with ivermectin is that, uh, first of all, it has um, an even safer track record than hydroxychloroquine had. Um, but you can't even get ivermectin to be discussed in the news where at least hydroxychloroquine had some visibility because, you know, Trump had brought it up and everyone was, you know, wanting to beat Trump, you know, uh, over the head about, about anything. And ivermectin is having great uh, um, luck as well. In fact, um, I had a coworker uh, not somebody actually that I work with at my company specifically, but at a partner organization who um, I meet with regularly. And uh, she had uh, contracted COVID as well as her brother and her husband and her brother's wife. And uh, she had to take some time away. And then she got back uh, just last week and I was visiting with her. And I said, so did they prescribe you anything? She said, yeah, yeah, they prescribed me something. I said, well, what was it? She said, this is ivermectin. I said, oh, really? How interesting. Um, now, did you ask for that? Or did they come up and give that to you? She said, oh, no, no. My doctor actually asked me, would you be willing to take, would you be open to taking ivermectin? And uh, she said, sure, if it's potentially make me feel better, I'll take it. And I asked her, I said, so what did you think? You know, because uh, you still sound a little you know, groggy. And she's like, well, I still have some, some symptoms, but, but it, it was like night and day. She goes, I took it. And it was like two hours later. She goes, I couldn't even get out of bed. And I took it. And like two hours later, I was making coffee. You know what I mean? It was, she goes, it was like night and day. And, uh, she goes, it was, I really think of it as a miracle. And, and I, and I said, you know, do you know a lot of the story around ivermectin, kind of the drama around it? And, and she's like, no, I don't know anything about it. And, and so then I was kind of explaining that to her. So, I mean, it was, it was, uh, I, I was positive, you know, around the fact that, you know, there was a doctor in a state that was that was uh, uh, prescribing it. Um, her her brother went to the same doctor, so so they they both had it. But you know, we know another friend who just wanted to get some to take prophylactically, and uh, he went to the the. Um, uh, you know the, far, the, the pharmacist and and the pharmacist when he told him what it, what he was going to use it for, the pharmacist said, "Oh, we're not." we're not giving it out for that. So we're not going to, even though your doctor has prescribed it, we're not going to give it to you. And uh, so, I mean, it's really crazy. The whole thing around ivermectin is like they, and something that was brought to my attention with that, um, that one uh, doctor from Idaho, I can't think of his name, but um, he will, we'll put the clip in the uh, show notes. Mm -hmm. uh, fantastic. Probably one of the best, uh, overall clips talking about vitamin D and ivermectin uh, and and what they see across different uh, um, discussing some of the studies. Oh yeah, it's really fantastic. It's about twenty five minutes. It's well worth it. It's a great clip to share. Um, 
and uh, you know he talks about the fact that if there is a known, I, I might I might bastardize this uh, what he says exactly, but if there's a known therapeutic that uh, works well, then they can't have the vaccines under emergency use because mm-hmm. there is a therapeutic. So there's an alternate. Yeah, there's an alternative. So so it would behoove them to suppress the therapeutic that may be showing uh, uh, good efficacy in order to keep the vaccines rolling out. And so that's quite intriguing. Um, we'll look more into that to, to, to vet that out more. But uh, uh, he does mention that in that presentation. So what, what was his name? Do you remember? Yeah. Uh, Just to give people a little bit of a frame of reference. I do know. He was speaking to the legislators in Idaho, the state of Idaho. Is that right? Yeah, it, it was a, yeah, it was the state of Idaho. And let's see, man, there's so many clips. I'm trying to, yeah, I don't have it here, but again, I'll stick it in the, uh, we, we, we put this episode together a little more <laughs> rash yes. than we typically do. Um, but I'll have that whole clip there. Um, we just had to talk about this topic. Very important. So anyway, so where, so where are we at? We're at 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, we didn't obviously dive into the vaccine passports themselves, but I just want you to think about that carrying around like a QR code on your phone that everywhere you go into every shop, every restaurant, you know, potentially maybe every public restroom, whatever, you're going to have to show this thing, you know, and, uh, Uh, it's obviously going to track you, you know, um, uh, Naomi Wolf points out, you know, uh, we talk about social credit score, Mm -hmm. you know, China wants to potentially run this program globally. I mean, a lot of people don't even know what the social credit score is. They don't realize that in China, they have this entire system where everything you do is scored. I mean, literally, like if you jaywalk, and and you're caught then they knock your your score down and and what that means is that you know you have access to less things you can't travel as far you can live in certain neighborhoods your kids can't go to specific schools um, I mean, it's it's how they manage their population. It, yeah. It's how they force specific behavior and and uh, she mentions that they can find any dissident within five minutes. Five minutes they can find any dissident because you need this, uh, um, this uh, basically this ID, and you go through so many scans. And I, I want to say they said there were like over like two million uh, closed circuit um, video cameras across China that you know that are recording and and doing facial recognition and stuff like that. I mean, it's really quite crazy. And so, like Naomi Wolf makes up makes the point where she says that, you know, if you're trying to meet with a group who's trying to put together, you know, legis, uh, you know, like a, a petition or something to roll back a system like this, you know, the system is smart enough to, to see, you know, when you're uh, meeting together with people and it, it shows, you know, it knows which people you're meeting with because you're all meeting at the same place and you're doing all the same scans. So, I mean, they can, they and can find you. And it's also left to interpretation, right? Because, I mean, let's say you're meeting with this person, but you know nothing about their plans, but just for being there with these people, who knows? How is that going to be interpreted and how that's going to affect you? Exactly. Because right? I, I know that a lot of people... 
um, say, well, you know, I, I'm not doing anything wrong. Yeah. I don't do anything wrong. I just go along with it. You know, I follow the rules. I'm compliant. Um, so I'm, I'm not concerned that I'm going to get tracked or whatever. But, you know, that, that is always subjected to um, scrutiny by people that you don't know. That you don't know their motives, you know. You could be, I mean, you could be just uh, meeting with a friend you haven't seen for 20 years and just happen that this friend might be doing things that, you know, are, I don't know, the government doesn't see it. I mean, you could be hanging out with us, you know, and we have this podcast. Yeah, you might not know that we do, right? And you're yeah. hanging out with us, yeah. and they're like, oh, they're this like, person Ooh. might be affiliated with this podcast <laughs> in some way. I mean, but I mean, that's how that data I mean, works. And I know it sounds completely insane. I mean, even me saying that, I'm like, I sound completely insane. But with this idea, it's just not out of the realm of possibility for me because, I mean, this, this past year has just been like. Well, you know, insane. Full of surprises. I, I think, I mean, Edward Snowden proved that there was a lot of uh, shenanigans going on within the government with all of those systems that were connected via back doors, you know, that were feeding information into the NSA and all that. So, I mean, that was all illegal. Uh, um, you know, they were, they were looking at metadata on all phone calls of every citizen in the U.S. I mean, these are things that people said were kooky, you know, five, six years even before that. And then when that came out, nobody could, oh my God, we're really harvesting that much data. You know, what what kind of inferences and what decisions are you making about how you, you know, look at specific people and tag them as risks and all that? You, you don't know, because that's all happening behind closed doors. So, I mean, we're rolling out this system here with vaccine passports. You think that's all they're going to do with the, with that system is is the is the vaccine you don't think they're going to continue to roll additional functionality about how you know you don't get the vaccine you know maybe they they cut off uh, access to your checking account i mean again i know these things sound out there but didn't a vaccine passport seem out there just a year and a half ago mm-hmm. you know didn't masks everywhere seem out there just a year ago mm-hmm. i mean we are in, or just being in lockdown. Yeah, we are in uh, uncharted territory. Yeah, not being able to see your friends, and really, uh, like my family specifically. I mean, they are really into not seeing each other ever. It, it's almost like they like it. Nah, no, I mean they so, seem like they really. I mean, they, you said like they're, like they're cheering the each fear, other on, like yeah, yeah like the go. Fear is just so. I mean, just insane. Like you said, it's hard to listen. It is hard to listen because it's like a completely different reality. But now, on more positive notes. Yes. Okay, so I think the beginning. I mean, what what is it that Alcoholic Anonymous say? Al- is that how you say Alcoholic Anonymous? Sure. <laughs> what did they say? Uh, the beginning to healing is... Admitting there's a problem. <laughs> is, that, is that what it is? I mean, I, I think so. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you first have to admit that you have a problem to yeah. then be able to correct it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this information here that we're sharing, you know, it is scary, but our... Um, 
our goal is not to really scare people. We, I mean, our goal really with this podcast is, is just to empower people with information, okay? And for you not to take our word for it. Yeah, you know, do your own research. Do your own research. We give you the resources. We discuss. Um, and it might be the beginning of a new world, a new world where we break free from these systems that are... Uh, scaring us and um, dictating what we can do and what we can't, who we can talk to and who we can't, um, breaking free and being in harmony with uh, the planet too because, you know, whatever we're doing right now is really not happening. helping anybody in the long run i mean we talked about all the chemicals already and how that's harming us in the long run and how that's harming the planet i mean the masks how this is in the short term not helpful because now we people have concealed identities everywhere you see you know like you can only see people's eyes i mean you miss so many of the social cues i mean it's just the this is just an opportunity. That's how I see it. An opportunity to self-correct. Yeah, and I, and I know this episode has been a lot more tense than what we're normally yeah. have. A, we normally have a more playful banter. Yeah, it's it's been a long weekend, and then the uh, the episode at Sprouts, which wasn't that traumatic, but just you know, just just know you can't just even run in to buy one thing, you know, without having... <laughs> without having to explain yourself. Yeah. And, and, and then the other thing is just people don't uh, believe you. You can have the right paperwork on you and people don't care. They don't, don't want to hear it. They, they don't, don't want to hear, hear it. it. And, and uh, that's a weird place to be in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's no, people... I mean, I think it's easier to be disconnected from people now. You know, because you can meet with them. You, can, you can't see their full face. You know, so how, how how can there be understanding and empathy when you can't hear each other through the mask? I mean, it's difficult. Mask, plexiglass, which is more plastic in the in in the environment. Um, I mean, we're becoming more and more disconnected, and so this is the opportunity to wake up and link up and connect and share information even if we don't agree you know have the discussion you know and have compassion for people Mm -hmm. you know even if they don't agree with you because we're all doing the best we can here you know we're all trying to take care of ourselves i mean some people are scared because they don't want to get sick other people are scared because they feel like the writing is on the wall and we're losing our freedoms, mm-hmm. you know, so um, trying to find middle ground and understanding that the situation, that the way that it, it's playing out is really not inspiring people to connect and have the discussion. So here's just some information to get people aware, you know, of the possibilities, the several possibilities and, you know, prepare because this might be a situation where um you know right now it seems like we have some uh there are things we can do right now but once this if this really rolls out the way that it's been rolled out in other countries there might 
not be any going back and we might have to start fresh and start something new start new communities uh with new ways of relating to each other right and enjoying life and living living free without fear well and i I think what i wanted to do also is just i want people to think okay you know you and i we are certainly on the other side of the narrative and you know we are not saying anything super controversial. We're, 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 we're saying things that are backed up with sources. You know, we are, we are uh, working through the logic here and we're saying, hey, let's have an exchange on this. You know, I mean, I mean, when, when, when masks first came out, you and I went out and got a couple cloth masks. We remember? did. Mm-hmm. We got that, and then or we were wearing them. We even got the regular. You know, we were we were like, okay, let's let's give the. We 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 had no doubt in it initially. We we're like, okay, let's let Except things. Except that I, I cannot breathe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let, 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 yeah, exactly. We were, but but we only had to wear them right when you just right. buzzed in. They weren't mandated or anything yet, and so. You know, we, we we went along there, but then we were seeing things that just weren't lining up. You know, the messaging was not it. It, it just didn't seem copacetic. You know what I mean? It just seemed like it was it was off. And then um, the science seemed the science was not really making. It was. I not, mean, there was no science. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, it was just like, yeah, put this. We think it might help. First, Fauci said, yeah, you know, just. Uh, Healthy people shouldn't wear, and then all of a sudden, no, now everybody should wear. Now we can wear too, and so it just keeps changing. But there's no real substance to the the reasoning behind it. So that's when we kind of started being like, "Hmm, sounds a little a little strange." Yeah. And then we went down the rabbit hole, like we do with everything. Like we do, we do. <laughs> yeah. So I want to bring you with us down the rabbit hole. I have a bit, I have a little clip, and I'm, I'm almost skeptical to play it now, <laughs> but it, it, it came to me, I saw this clip years ago when we were kind of having our um, uh, awakening, mm-hmm. you know, years ago, like, oh, I, I, ran, I ran across this clip, it's from a movie from 1981, the movie's called Dinner with Andre, and uh, I have not seen the full movie Dinner with Andre, but this one clip is is one that kind of makes the rounds. But what's funny is I haven't seen this clip in probably 10 years and it just popped up inside telegram. Uh, and I was like, Oh, what, it, what an interesting thing to pop up. So I, I, I just want to play it. I just think it's kind of, in, it's, it's really a weird discussion to be in the middle of a movie. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's just strange. I'm going to play it to, to kind of lead us out. But uh, I do want you guys to know that, that uh, we really appreciate you listening. And, uh, you know, we, we want everybody to get what they want out of this. We want people to be uh, stronger in their health. We want them to be more educated around the science and uh, what is possible feel for empowered. them and their family. We want people to feel empowered, feel like they have control over the, their body and their health. And there's tons of things that you can do that don't require you to take an experimental drug and if you do take it it's totally fine your body your choice um yeah yeah so just know that all right so let's just play this little clip uh and uh you might be after you hear it you might be like what the hell was that (laughs) but i just i just find it to be one of the more intriguing uh clips that, that i've heard from from a film all right 
But has it ever occurred to you, Wally, that the process that creates this boredom that we see in the world now may very well be a self-perpetuating, unconscious form of brainwashing created by a world totalitarian government based on money, and that all of this is much more dangerous than one thinks? And it's not just a question of individual survival, Wally, but that somebody who's bored is asleep, and somebody who's asleep will not say no? See, I keep meeting these people. I mean, uh, just a few days ago, I met this man whom I greatly admire. He's a Swedish physicist, Gustav Bjornstrand. And he told me that he no longer watches television, he doesn't read newspapers, and he doesn't read magazines. He's completely cut them out of his life because he really does feel that we're living in some kind of Orwellian nightmare now and that everything that you hear now contributes to turning you into a robot. And when I was at Findhorn, I met this extraordinary English tree expert, who had devoted his life to saving trees. Just got back from Washington, lobbying to save the redwoods. He's 84 years old. He always travels with a backpack because he never knows where he's going to be tomorrow. And when I met him at Findhorn, he said to me, where are you from? And I said, New York. He said, ah, New York, yes, that's a very interesting place. Do you know a lot of New Yorkers who keep talking about the fact that they want to leave but never do? And I said, oh, yes. And he said, why do you think they don't leave? I gave him different banal theories. He said, oh, I don't think it's that way at all. He said, I think that New York is the new model for the new concentration camp, where the camp has been built by the inmates themselves, and the inmates are the guards, and they have this pride in this thing they've built. They've built their own prison, and so they exist in a state of schizophrenia, where they are both guards and prisoners, and as a result, they no longer have, having been lobotomized, the capacity to leave the prison they've made or to even see it as a prison. And then he went into his pocket and he took out a seed for a tree and he said, this is a pine tree. He put it in my hand and he said, escape before it's too late. See, actually for two or three years now, Chiquita and I have had this very unpleasant feeling that we really should get out. And we really should feel like Jews in Germany in the late 30s. Get out of here. Of course, the problem is where to go because it seems quite obvious that the whole world is going in the same direction. See, I think it's quite possible that the 1960s represented the last burst of the human being before he was extinguished. And that this is the beginning of the rest of the future now. And that from now on, there'll simply be all these robots walking around, feeling nothing, thinking nothing. And there'll be nobody left almost to remind them that there once was a species called a human being with feelings and thoughts. And that history and memory are right now being erased, and soon nobody will really remember that life existed on the planet. This is the Collective Resistance Podcast with Leo and Fabiola. What do you want to tell them, Leo? Yeah. Hey, stay curious, guys. Stay, stay safe. safe.